Hi, my name is Craig Tim, and you're listening to The Craig Tim Show. Each time when we meet, I'm going to be sharing an inspirational message from God that helps us in our daily walk. Some of you, you may be having doubts about His intentions for you. Some of you may need a challenge to spur you on to the next level with Him. But I want to reassure you all, He is present and He will fulfill all of His promises to you. Today's message is going to be talking about faith. The title is Faith. Do you have enough? See, faith is not normal for us. Worry is more natural. Fear is more natural. And envy of others is more natural. Wishing you had more than you do and an easier life than others. That is more natural. Now, wanting to give up is more natural. And doubt, now that is definitely more natural for us than faith. Faith is hard. It takes work for us to maintain it. That's just not natural for us. Now, the question is, why is faith so hard for you? Have you ever thought about that before? Why is faith so hard for you when all these other emotions and fears and worries and envies and all the things that are just so much easier? Why is faith so hard? In each of our daily lives, we come across all kinds of people. Now, most of the time when we're with someone we don't know, there is that awkward silence between you two. You you know what I'm talking about. Until one of you usually begins that cordial small talk. Excuse me. This small talk is just a way to break the ice so that neither one of you must remain uncomfortable being together for that short little span. See, for many years, well, even centuries, there's always been one of the safest topics to begin the exchanges And that's when we're talking about the weather. It's easy to talk about. It's non-threatening. Another topic that many of us use today, though, is sharing about that yo-yo pricing of gas prices all the time. It might go down five cents one week, and and it might go up ten cents the next week. And as of this recording, it out of the blue went up 15 cents this last week. And See, if you're on a limited budget, though, trying to time when to get gas can just be a weekly exercise and lessons of being prudent. And with that, I'm just going to use an analogy of a gas tank to begin our message today. We all know what the gas tank is for, right? It's to hold the gas that the car needs to run when we need to go somewhere. And to get the gas that goes into the car, we need to... Yep, we need to stop at a gas station. And you know what? We get to do all the work ourselves, putting the gas in the car, checking the tires, adding air to the tires when necessary. And we also should even check the oil in the engine at least, you know, once in a while. Now, we've all had to learn how to be gas station attendants just to go along with all the other jobs that we have to do each week, right? As as we use the car more and more during the week, the gas level goes down. Sure, it goes down. The more you use, the gas gauge goes down. And when it gets close to that big capital E mark, you hope there's another gas station just relatively close by so you don't have to end up walking. And 
you hope the price hasn't jumped to the highest of that week or that month, right? Oh, gosh, let me wait a minute. So sorry. What am I thinking here? No, no, nobody, nobody walks when they run out of gas anymore. I should have said, I hope you have plenty of battery power on your phone so you can call someone to rescue you when you misunderstand what that letter E means on the gas cage. I'm sure you're wondering what gas has to do with faith, unless you're thinking about how much faith you must have to have when that car shows E. You're hoping that the gauge is wrong and there is actually still plenty of gas in there, right? So many, many somehow get the idea that their relationship with God is like a gas tank. When times are tough for us and we're feeling spiritually low, we need to have our spiritual tank filled up. Now, this could take place with a heartwarming worship service or an inspirational sermon uh, or a message like today, right? It may be the whole message or it could be just a phrase or two that is spoken and it resonates in your heart. It could be someone sees you hurting and he comes up to pray with you. But whatever it is, all you know is that it filled up your faith tank again. Now, using this type of analogy can be risky for you, though. See, faith is not like a gas tank that constantly needs filling up. Church is not supposed to be used as a gas station that exists just to refill your Christianity tank, either. The original disciples made a very similar mistake in their thinking here. They thought that they needed to refill their faith tank on a regular basis, too. They were a lot like us. They... They thought it was possible and, and even needed to keep refilling their spiritual tank. And if they kept refilling it, they would be better in their ministry. So what do we do? We say to ourselves, if I could only keep my tank full, I would have more faith and I could do more for God's kingdom and I would just be a better person all around. Today, we're going to look in the book of Luke for our message. Specifically, we're going to be in Luke 17, uh, verses 1 through 10. Okay, you got it? Here we go. Verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to the person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, you forgive him. In verse 5, the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith! And he replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree here, Be uprooted! And plant it in the sea, and it will obey you. Verse 7. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after your sheep. What do you say to that servant when he comes in from the field? Come along and sit down and eat. But would he rather not say, prepare my supper. Get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. In verse 9. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should you say, 
We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. In verse 1, Jesus is telling his disciples that situations will come along and cause people to sin. But oh, whoa, whoa, whoa to that person or persons whom this comes from. In verse 2, he says, if you are the cause of this, causing someone else to sin, it would be just better for you to be thrown in the water with a millstone tied around your neck than for you to cause any others to stumble and sin. And when you read these first two verses, it's received by many out there as a warning that God's going to get those people who cause others to sin. But you know, next time you read these first two verses, step back, absorb what Christ is saying to you. You are responsible for all of your actions and words too. Don't just look as this if you are measuring the faults of others. This is a very serious incident if you are the one Christ is speaking about in these verses causing someone else to sin. Now, if you want to sin on your own, that is your prerogative and your choice. But if you are causing someone else to do the sinning, you had just better watch yourselves. Which just so happens to be the warning Christ gives us in verse 3. Watch yourselves. Let's continue on. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, you forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times he comes back to you and says, I repent, you're to forgive him again. See, this verse seems to be just a little side note, I would say, that you know, Jesus is just reminding us of two things here, I believe. We need to be accountable to each other, and if your brother sins, we need to be forgiving. Christ's teaching in these first two verses are tough to hear when you put your own name in there. Try it. Put your own name in those first two verses and see what happens. See, we not only have to be cautious and aware of our intentions when we're with others, but we also must remember the importance of forgiveness for others when they fall. The disciples must have been feeling the pressure from what Christ was teaching them. When in that verse 5, they cry out, Increase our faith! They're crying out, Increase our faith! See, by crying out, it sounds as if they're saying, They're not up to the warnings given to them. You didn't give us enough faith to cover all this, God. Please, please, Jesus, give us more. Otherwise, we will fail. Fill up our faith tanks. Oh, please fill them up. But Jesus responds to them like in verse 6. If you have faith as small as the mustard seed, and you say to the mulberry tree, uproot and plant in the sea, and it will obey you. I don't really think this was the answer the disciples were wanting to hear, though, here. I'm sure they were looking for Jesus to pray for them, put his hands on them, give them more of what they are asking for. It just kind of sounds like Jesus just might be mocking them a little bit with his answer here, right? Maybe Jesus could have responded to them saying something like, mm, You do have faith. And even if it is small like a mustard seed, you can still do great things. Or he could have just been blunt and said something like, You already have all the faith, you silly disciples. 
You're just not using it. I believe that Jesus may have been a little frustrated because the disciples were asking for the wrong thing here. They didn't need to increase their faith. They already had it. What they needed to do was increase their faithfulness. We'll say it again. You, you don't need to increase your faith. You already have all of it. What you do need to do is increase your faithfulness. See how I rephrase that? Putting your name in there. Put your name in there. All you have to do is increase your faithfulness. There is a big difference here, my friends. Faith is a gift from God. He gives us all the faith that we will ever need. It never runs out. We don't have to stop and get it refilled. Faithfulness is our response to our faith. In other words, it's what we do with our faith. Now, of course, that is all up to you. You get to choose. When we accept Jesus as Savior, we put our faith in him. When we accept Jesus as our Lord, we put our faithfulness in him. And when we do that, we have to be willing to follow through and be faithful. Whenever God says, here is what I want you to do. We have to be willing, faithful, we have to be willing to do it. This is not a matter of faith. It's a matter of faithfulness. Now, we, we all like to use excuses, right? When God calls on us, we use phrases like, Oh, God, I'm just not ready yet. I, I'm, I'm not prepared enough yet. I, I, I need to learn more. I, I need you, God. I need, I need you to give me more faith to go on with your calling. I need more of that from you. If you call yourself a Christian, though, you are all ready to go and do what God wants you to do. Because he won't call on you until he knows that you're ready anyway. He knows you. And if you weren't ready, he wouldn't have asked you in the first place. Show your faith by stepping out and rely on his strength, not your own. Doesn't matter how much you spend time in the gym. You can't rely on your own strength. Rely on him. This is called faithfulness. When we are faithful to follow God, we won't receive medals, accommodations, and certificates, and participant medals, you know, those things that kids always get. Oh, you're a participant. Here, we'll give you a ribbon. We don't get any of that. Faithfulness is just part of our job description being a Christian. You don't get anything special for it. That's what it's supposed to be. A Christian is a servant and is expected to serve just as Christ served us. I want to look at just a couple more scriptures as we prepare to finish for today. 2 Corinthians 4.18 So we fix our eyes not what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And Paul here, he's talking about faith. I'm going to jump over to Hebrews 11. And for many, many scholars, this chapter is known as the faith chapter in the Bible. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. 
By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen is not made out of what was visible. And here's one more. Ephesians 2.8 For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. When our spiritual tank feels like it's running low, we can't blame the worship team. We can't blame the pastor nor his message. You can't blame today's message. And we can't sit back in the church and say, Fill her up, God. You know, like they used to in the olden days when you pulled in the gas station, the attendant came out and you said, Fill her up, please. That's not what this is. We don't sit back there and say, Fill her up, God, and then just sit back and wait. The tank has been filled for you a long, long time ago. God put the Holy Spirit in you so that he can work best from within your heart. But that is only if you allow him to. Thank you for tuning in today, folks. I'm so glad that you were here. I pray that this message has been impactful for you. You don't need to keep asking for more faith. When you became a Christian, he filled you full of faith. It's how you go about in using that faith as we heard. Are you faithful in your faith? So the question that we started with, faith, do you have enough? Of course you do now. You know that. It's how you go about using it. And when God wants to work best in you, you have to open a door and allow him to do that. Lord, I pray for those listeners out there to take today's message and reassure them that they don't need to keep asking for more. They don't have to call out like the apostles did. Increase our faith. It's already there. Lord, allow them to use that to the fullest every single day. And let them know that you're there every single day. Fulfilling your promises to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, again, any questions, comments, prayer requests, so that we can stand alongside you, Craig Tim Podcast at gmail.com.